Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood and welcome to Faith and Family. Thank you for joining us today as we continue our family Bible studies in the Gospel of Luke. Today we are in Luke chapter 18, the first eight verses. And, you know, this is kind of a tough passage on the surface of things. You know, what's it all about? It's commonly known as the parable of the widow and the judge. And I'm giving you my own title today. It's the parable of perseverance during hard times. And I'm going to show you why that second title I just gave you is the one that should really stick in your mind and then how this parable, what Jesus gives, is something that you want to be able to instill within your own families. But let's read the passage. Luke chapter 18, and he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor regarded man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, vindicate me against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow bothers me, I will vindicate her or she will wear me out by her continual coming. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God vindicate his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will vindicate them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Just a quick comment on that last verse. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? That's a pretty sobering statement. You know, we're living in a day when, quote, Everybody's going to heaven, unquote, according to polls. There's a belief in the reality of hell, but there's also a belief that nobody goes there. There's a belief that everybody's living in such a way that God's okay with it. And when Jesus says, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Will he find even faithfulness on earth? That's kind of a sobering question. Now, to get at the meaning of this parable, because on the surface of it, it's not real clear, at least to me. And the key to this would be imagine you're reading the Bible and there were absolutely no chapter divisions and there were no verse numbers. In fact, there's a Bible like this. It's called the uh, ESV, English Standard Version Reader's Bible. And this Bible basically just has the text of the scripture uh, you know, it lists the books as you begin reading it, but it basically lays it out in paragraphs. And so to understand this paragraph, we need to go to the very beginning of the paragraph before, because Jesus is continuing a teaching in chapter 18 that he began way back in Luke 17 and verse 22. Jesus in 17:22 said to his disciples, the days are coming when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, but you will not see it. 
And basically, he went on to teach them about being prepared, but implied in this that says, you will desire to see the Son of Man because of certain situations, but you will not see it. So he's implying a delay before the second coming. And then he gets to the parable of the widow and the judge, retitled by me, Parable of Perseverance During Hard Times. And he tells a parable based on what began in 1722 to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart because of that delay, they may be tempted to lose heart and give up. So let's get into it. First of all, why a delay? You know, it's been a delay of almost 2,000 years and why would Jesus delay so long? And what are people's reactions to that? Well, probably one of the best passages in the New Testament to explain this is from our first Pope, St. Peter, in his second epistle, chapter 3 and verse 3. He says, you must understand this, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own passions. In other words, they're going to be scoffing scoffing at the truth of the second coming, and their lives are going to be characterized by living in immorality. They, they think the whole thing's a big joke. And don't discount the fact there are people in the church today, many in the church today, living just like this. And the scoffers are saying, where is the promise of his coming? Peter goes on to say, but do not ignore this one fact, because with the Lord, one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is forbearing toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Why the long delay? God doesn't wish anyone to perish. His mercy is extending the period now for 2,000 years. And it's not just like he's checked out for a while and they'll side the second coming. Oh, it's now it's a good time. Let, let's go. This word forbearing, according to the English dictionary, means to hold oneself back from something, especially with effort. In other words, you're really wanting to do something. It's like throwing a bone in front of a dog, and you're going to have to hold the leash with all your strength because he's going to want to get it. Well, this is the present active tense. And God's forbearance of mercy is something that indicates ongoing active forbearance by God, offering this time for all to come to repentance. And God's so merciful, holding back his judgment. And what happens so often? Well, we find in 2 Peter 3, people scoff at the idea he will even come again. And folks, that's a huge danger. But there's also something else, presumption, presumption of God's mercy. And we're living in a day, again, everybody goes to heaven. My goodness, you could be a pro-abortion, actively promoting abortion legislator and think, what's wrong with that? I'm going to heaven. I should have communion. I should have a Catholic burial. I should be accepted before Christ. Sorry, 
presumption because of it's a delay of mercy so that we could have repentance. St. Paul says in Romans chapter 2, do not presume upon the riches of his kindness and forbearance. Don't you know that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance, but by your hard and impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. Now, there's a second reason for the delay. And folks, this one's kind of sobering. And I'd like to highlight a passage from the New Testament scholar N.T. Wright, what he says, a reason for this delay in judgment. One, he doesn't want anyone to lose the opportunity to come to repentance. But here's a second one. What has to happen, it seems, is for evil to do its worst, to reach its height, and to be seen as the last stage of ripeness for judgment. Way back in Scripture, God tells Abraham that his family will have to wait for four generations before coming in to possess the promised land. You see, the promised land was occupied by a wicked people called the Amorites. But God said to Abraham, the iniquity of the Amorite is not yet complete. Now, I don't want to highlight what the Amorites were doing, but it's kind of like all the stuff going on today, plus. And God is saying, oh, (laughs) they're presuming upon my mercy, and God isn't going to judge them until the cup of their sin is full, and then they will experience the full cup of his wrath. And think about that. There are millions of people today thinking that judgment will never come. And I'm not talking about simply the judgment at the end of one's life. Judgment can come in history as well, and it can come totally and swiftly with a, so to speak, total wipeout. And so sin, sometimes God allows to ripen to its full extent, and then his judgment in time comes to its full extent. Now, what happens in the meantime to believers? And this is what brings us to our parable, the parable of the widow and the judge. And Jesus is just comparing something here. If this wicked, lazy, non-committal judge will respond to the widow because of her persistence in prayer, how much more will the good God, who's exercising forbearance, he wants to act on behalf of his people, but holds himself back because he wants all the opportunity to come to repentance, what happens in the meantime? What should characterize this delay that Jesus talked about as our section here in Luke opens with 17 and verse 22. There's going to be a delay. You're going to want to see the day of the Son of Man, but there's a delay. What things will characterize that time? Well, I can think of three. Persecution, hardship, and tribulation. Whoa. Persecution, hardship, and tribulation. And what happens then? The temptation to give up. Hence, when Jesus told the parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart, because when persecution, hardship, and temptation comes, there will be the temptation 
to give up. Now, I'm going to critique something that I put myself right in the middle of as one of your hosts on Catholic Radio. And I, I actually have wrestled with, with this, but there's a sense that we make a mistake when we oversell the faith. And what do I mean by that? Well, you know, you come to Jesus, and when you put your faith in him, you know, we say, well, that brings uh, peace and happiness in your life, and, you know, things change for the better. Now, that is really true. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. If you even make an honest attempt to follow the Beatitudes, blessed are those, and there's a deep joy and happiness that comes with one's life. And things are transformed as your life is transformed. So all that is true, but there's a certain sense of overselling it. And just like, this is just, what can I say? It's just like, it's it's all nice things. It's all desirable things. But this isn't what Jesus is saying. Along with the good things that are there, we should be talking about these. Sometimes we need to put right alongside of it some of the hard things that will accompany the Christian life. And if you, I'm going to jump ahead right now the application, and I'm going to come back. But parents, if you're presenting the Christian faith to your children, it's not just all the good things. There are hard things involved, and your children need to know that because the way our culture is going, they may experience it. We've just lived in such an unusual situation here in the United States. You know, last night, since it was Veterans Day, I, I watched some uh, World War II documentaries and I first watched uh, Chamberlain came back from Germany. He had a piece of paper that Hitler signed. And he was kind of the overselling of peace. It's going to be great. Just, you know, and everybody wants peace. Everybody wants it great. And a lot of things do become peaceful and great when you embrace the faith. But when Hitler started invading all the countries of Europe, uh, Chamberlain went bye-bye, and on the scene came Winston Churchill. He was elected prime minister in 1940, and this is what hit me last night. This is what he said, quote, I have nothing to offer but blood, toil, sweat, and tears, unquote. And he said it twice within the first few days of his election. And then he said, and this isn't going to change real quick. How sobering is that? I have nothing to offer but blood, toil, sweat, and tears. But what happened? Parents, listen just for a minute now. What happened when Churchill challenged the English people that way? They rose up. They defended their nation against overwhelming odds. And, of course, the Americans sure helped out a little bit. But the point being, the best came out of the English people when they were given reality, not just simply all the positive things, but the reality, including the hard things that they were going to be facing in their future. You know, there's a, a real problem today 
with men, especially younger men in the church. Just talk to the many young Catholic women who are desiring a real manly man uh, to marry, a Catholic man to marry. It's just, where are they? You know, where are they in my parish? Where are they in my diocese? And here's just a tip if you want to recruit men. It may be a way that we could recruit men to the Catholic faith. There's a man by the name of Ernest Shackleton, and he was organizing a 1914 expedition to the Antarctic. And this was his ad he placed to try to get some men to go with him on this very dangerous journey to the Antarctic. This is how it went, quote, men wanted for hazardous journey, small wages, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness, constant danger, safe return, doubtful, honor and recognition in case of success. Well, he had 5,000 men apply for the 26 slots for the expedition to the Antarctic. All I'm saying is Jesus said there was going to be a delay, and you don't want to give up praying, and praying particularly, thy kingdom come. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. And when things get really hard, when tribulation is staring you in the face and you have hardship, and I'm not just talking about your emotional life, I'm talking about life like today, if you're a believer in North Korea or communist China, it's tough. And you pray, Jesus Christ, come again. And Jesus was saying, that's what this whole parable of the widow and the unjust judge is about. It's not just thing, just pray in general and don't give up your regular prayer life. It means persevere in prayer through hard times. And the just judge, God, will hear that prayer. He'll restrain himself until the last person in his plan repents and comes into his kingdom, and pow, he will come in a rather unexpected way for the rest of the world. Now, I want to give you two sets of verses, and these are verses that you may want to keep in your back pocket to any family member that has fallen in for the, what I would term, rapture at any moment theory. It is an extremely positive, attractive message. The rapture at any moment theory says, before tribulation comes, before there's hardship, and before there's the Antichrist persecution, Jesus will come and take everybody completely out of it. You'll avoid it. I mean, what's better than that? I mean, I I would found it very attractive in my own life when I didn't hear a whole lot of teaching about the end times, and so this is the only thing I heard, so I, I believed it. I'm going to give you two sets of verses that uh, may apply that you might want to keep in mind. The first verse is John chapter 16 and verse 33. Jesus said, in me you may have peace. That's the good stuff, and that's absolutely true. With Christianity comes peace, but in the world you have tribulation. You see, Overselling is just saying it's all peace, it's all wonderful, it's all easy, it's all comfort. No, 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 that's not quite it. In me you have peace, 
In the world, you have tribulation. There's two sides to this coin. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You can even be of good cheer while you're like the widow in this parable, you know, petitioning the unjust judge. You can be the faithful Christian in tribulation, praying to the just judge, and have joy and peace within your life. Okay, and this goes right along with it. Okay, and you know, in the world you have tribulation. Jesus did not come to deliver us from all hardship. In fact, hardship increases if you're a faithful believer in an unbelieving world. But the second set of verses from 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, starting in verse 2, St. Paul says, We sent Timothy, our brother, and God's servant in the gospel of Christ, to establish you in your faith and to exhort you. Now, sometimes these verses are just read as though, well, he just came to build you up as a believer, you know, in general. No. Specifically, St. Paul sent Timothy to establish and to exhort. Why? So that no one be moved by these tribulations or afflictions. That's why St. Paul sent Timothy. And St. Paul goes on to say, you yourselves know that this is to be our lot. Now, the early Catholics in Thessalonica knew that, but there are tens of millions of very sincere and pious Protestant believers who don't know that, who think that, and then they have been promised by their ministers, by their TV experts and their radio hosts and their authors of all of the books on this stuff, they don't know that this is our lot. St. Paul said in verse 4, for when we were with you, we told you beforehand that we were to suffer tribulation. This is part of the Christian message, and it's tough, and people better know that right up front. Your children better know that while they're young. And I'm not talking about freaking out a you know, a child at 24 months. But as your children mature, they need to mature with the reality that Christianity in this life has wonderful benefits and extremely difficult challenges. And as the time rolls on, they could actually increase. So the rapture at any moment, escape from the earth before any serious tribulation could be leading people to extreme danger, because this is, St. Paul was so concerned for the Thessalonians, he sent Timothy just to make sure to remind them that our lot in this world is tribulation and affliction. And yet people are being told just the opposite. What's going to happen at that time? Um, Jesus said they told this parable to the effect that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. Well, they will lose heart. And so you need those two verse sets of verses, John 16, 33, and 1 Thessalonians 3, 2 through 4. And now I'm going to step on a live wire, but there are many uh, Catholic prophecy so-called experts who, who, what shall I say, major in private revelation. Don't start with the scriptures, the church fathers, the sayings of the popes and the catechisms, but they start with uh, private revelation and then sprinkle some scripture and catechism verses in on it with them. Now, 
Catholic seers are saying that when it gets really tough, there will be three days of tribulation and challenge and and hardship, and then there will be an extended era of peace. I'm warning that believing this, you could end up just as disappointed as the rapture folks. The catechism of the Catholic Church is crystal clear, and one of the most important paragraphs in the entire catechism as far as biblical prophecy is paragraph 675. It says, before Christ's second coming, the church must pass through a final trial. And this isn't a 72-hour deal. It must pass through a final trial that will shake the faith of many believers. Now, guess what the scriptural footnote is, the scriptural reference is for that first paragraph in section 675. It's Luke chapter 18 and verse 8, where Jesus says, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? And our catechism addressed to Catholics was saying, there's going to be a final trial. And Jesus is saying, you need to be ready for this. You need to be active in your prayer life and, and expectant and don't give up, don't lose heart. And it will shake the faith of many believers. That's why we pray all the time. Thy kingdom come. We want his kingdom to come. And particularly as things get bad, it could go on a lot longer. The delay of the second coming could be a lot longer than what we might expect. Now, again, for some family practical application, I already gave you, basically, get, get ready for hard times. I personally, uh, this week in preparing for this, I did a series on the radio for worldview and how important that is in forming your children, because your worldview basically interacts with everything they do, they think, they say, their morality, their belief system. And the belief in the future, according to the catechism, should be a part of forming a worldview. St. John Henry Newman preached four utterly outstanding Advent sermons, and including how the hard times that are coming, that it will be the worst persecution that, that ever happened, worse than anything before it. And he quotes St. Cyril of Jerusalem, who said, Thou hearest signs of the Antichrist, not only remind thyself, that's what this parable is doing, reminding us, but communicate them liberally to all around thee. If thou hast a child, delay not to instruct him. Your children need to hear about the second coming and the tribulation and the hardship that can occur before that, the period immediately before that, or you could be living in a nation right now where it is going on. So take heed to yourselves and pray. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 261 of Faith and Family. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at dads.org to order copies of Faith and Family broadcasts and to learn more about Catholic family life.